Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. And today, my guest is Dana Goldberg. I'm really excited to talk to her because she is funny. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's smart. I've always I've always wanted to have her on. And so today she is going to be on the show and I'm excited. So there's that. And then I'm just going to be as quick as I possibly can with this intro. So number one, I am an Amazon associate. That means I earn from qualifying purchases. Go to the description part of this Patreon show and you will see a link that says Amazon. All you have to do is click on that and go shopping. And just FYI, I do, I put in a link to my mother's book, which is called The Melt. Ann Werner wrote The Melt, which is about a global pandemic uh, caused by climate change. She started writing it in 2016, so she's clearly psychic. Um, And then also the Start Me Up podcast is independent. It's, It's supported by listeners just like you, and it's woman run. I don't use corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's patrons who keep the show going. So I encourage everybody to go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You can see all the different tiers of which you can become a patron. Although I just want to remind everybody that you can change the dollar amount in any tier. So like you could go check out the $3 is, I don't even know if there's a $3 tier, but like, let's just say the $2 tier, you could change that dollar amount into any dollar amount you want. $250, $275, you could change it to anything you want. And you can also, so the way that my show works is Monday and Wednesday, I do free shows. And then twice a month, so once, once a week I do, or I should say every week, I do two free shows. And then I do once a month, two patrons only shows. The first patrons only show is for people who have signed up for $4 or less you get that show. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get both patrons only shows and all the free shows, all of them delivered to your email box when you're a patron. Now I'm going to change in November. It's going to be a little bit different. So this is, this is my intro, right? Uh, I also do an outro after I speak to my guest and I don't really know if people have listened to my outros before because, you know, we say goodbye and it sounds like it could be the end of the show. Maybe people just like end it at the end of the show. So either way, what I'm going to do from, you know, from now on in, I should say from November on is that I will be doing my outros for patrons only. So it's just going to be me, you know, recapping or commenting on the conversation that I have just had with whoever's been on the show. And then, you know, whatever I feel like, whatever comes up in my mind, it will, it will be anywhere from 10 to say 25 minutes. It's not going to be very long. But it will be for every free show that I will be doing this. After the free show, I will be doing whatever I decide. I should just call it the outro. (laughs) Either way, uh, that's going to be included in the $5 tier. So all you have to do, again, is visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And you can also make a one-time donation. I always include my email address that you can use with PayPal. So if you have a PayPal account, you just use the email address that I provided And if you want to do that one time only thing, that's awesome and fine with me. You can also find Start Me Up on um, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Please, as I always ask, stop by and just become a subscriber because it's free. While you're there, you can give me a rating and a review. Have I mentioned reviews are important? I think I mentioned every show how important reviews are. Everybody who leaves a review, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That goes for books too. I haven't had a new review on my books in so long. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, if you like 
If you like my books, please review them. Same thing. If you get the melt and you like it, please review it because authors, podcasters, this is our fucking lifeblood, man. We, we depend on reviews from people like you. So that's going to be it. I'm done selling you my shit and begging you to become my patron and subscriber. <laughs> now, please enjoy my conversation with Dana Goldberg. Welcome to the show, Dana. Kimberly, thank you so much. I have been pining to do your podcast. So oh. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, you I know, I mean, anyone who has sex in a refrigerator, from what I hear, <laughs> I've got to be friends with. Yeah, well, you know, I have to because I'm hot all the time. So I mean, that. <laughs> oh that, God, I think I'm. I think I'm getting there. Yeah, really. well, it's not fun. I mean, you know, I've always been hot, kind of like running hot. I always like to sleep with the window open and everything. But as I have aged. The hotness is like, it just gets worse and worse. And I, it's just so annoying. But yeah, the refrigerator sex really helps. So <laughs> I may have to have some by myself, apparently. So. Oh, and I by mean, the way, I'm not taking my dick out on Zoom. Exactly. So I was just going to say, I am not master. I'm not going to masturbate throughout this entire podcast. So there's that. I cannot <laughs> promise the same, but we should continue. Let's continue. Oh my God. Well, you know. Now, I have been, there are certain people online that I know eventually I'm going to have on my show, and it's just a matter of what I want to talk about during any particular week or whatever. And so you have definitely been somebody that I have been wanting to talk to, so I'm really glad you're here. But before we get into politics, I'm just curious, I know you're a comedian, very funny, an yes. actress. So, I mean, I'm, you could talk about that as much as you want, but before you do, I'm just curious, how are you staying busy during COVID and how has it affected your career? That is a very good question. So this has been admittedly the most challenging seven months of my career mm -hmm. and possibly my life mm -hmm. because as an artist, uh, so much of who I identify with uh, internally is connected to my art. Yeah. Um, that exterior purpose of, you know, raising millions of dollars for charity or mm. just making people laugh when things are insane and bringing the sanity to all of this bullshit. Yeah. And when we got grounded in March, March 12th, everything, my gear got wiped out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, it was a little scary. I had to put my oxygen mask off on. <laughs> off. I had to take my oxygen mask off. See, I don't even know what's way up right now. Um, but it was one of those things where I'm like, oh shit, what am I going to do? I was, yeah. I'm a good Jewish girl. I, <laughs> I, I saved money over the last two years. So I wasn't scared, but at the right. same time with no end in sight, you're like, what in the hell yeah. am I going to do? So to be honest with you, and I will say this, the Stephanie Miller listeners, mm -hmm. my comedy fans, the mm -hmm. people that appreciate my work, my radio, my podcast have been sending tips and keeping me afloat. Oh, that's wonderful. And I cannot thank them enough. I have tried to send personal thank yous back to every single one of them. I've fallen a little bit behind the last couple of weeks just because I'm on like 85 different podcasts and trying to do <laughs> interviews and trying to save democracy and <laughs> trying to learn how to be anti-racist and telling Karen and Trader Joe's to shut the fuck up and stop yelling at employees that are just doing their job. You know, so we have a yeah. lot on our plate right now. Right. Um, so that's been it. But over the last couple months, I, I was lucky enough to get uh, two virtual gigs, two oh, virtual cool. hosting gigs. Um, and right now my focus is just to get the, you know, so socio slash yeah. psychopath out of the White House. So yeah. I'll figure out what, how I'm going to what I'm going to do after the election. Well, it's you know, obviously there are the shows that are coming back like Mom and Saturday Night Live. They are 
you know, testing and doing social distancing. And I think that, you know, we're going to be in this for a while. I'm just going to go on the assumption that Biden wins and then he's going to have to do some surgical lockdowns, making sure that, you know, different parts of the country, you know, I was just talking to my mom about this this morning and this is what she was saying that, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of um, punishment for people who are not, wearing masks. And obviously this won't happen until Biden comes in and hopefully he'll do this. But, you know, whether it's sanctions against a city that doesn't comply or something like that, if, if the citizens refuse to comply, well, certain things will get cut off, whatever funding for something, not like for, you know, for important things like health, sure. but, you know, so, somehow they might um, sanction them just to, to, to force people because like you said, there's these freaking Karens running around and it's not just them, you know, and, and the thing is, is it's not just the conservatives. There's a lot of liberal people who are justifying hanging out with family and friends and going, Oh, it's just family and friends. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, well, how do you get the flu? You get the flu from family and friends. It just makes me nuts, but, uh, I infuriating. Yeah. And then I'm also worried about like, and you know, liberal or not, these anti-vaxxers are like, Oh Jesus. Now we have to deal with you all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh my God, this country, um, there's just so much to talk about, but yeah, I just, I think that we're going to have to get through this. And as we do, my original point was that, you know, there are probably going to be more virtual things that you can take part in. And then perhaps, you know, if you get gigs on television shows, it's, it's all that testing. And I mean, it would kind of yeah. suck because I would imagine you, I know Vincent D'Onofrio had posted not too long ago that he traveled, I don't know, maybe it was to Canada and he had to, you know, he had to stay in a hotel room alone for two weeks before he could work. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just you know, a new way. I would do it. I would absolutely do it. I also, um, and God willing, uh, goddess willing, whatever you believe <laughs> out there, um, some of the collateral beauty from the shit show is that I actually <laughs> took the time. I, I started working with a production company and I wrote a pilot. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, God willing that this time next year we'll be filling a writer's room and, and casting oh, this thing. And so maybe cool. this will be the best thing. Maybe this will be the best, worst thing that ever, yeah. that's ever happened in my career. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm trying to look at this as. You know, I, I like to utilize manifestation techni- techniques and I keep just repeating over and over again that this time, you know, that I come out of this time happier, healthier and more successful than I've ever been. You know, and, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, like in 20 or 2001, I should say, I, you know, we were all worried about the economy and after 9-11 and 2002 did turn out to be my my best year for earnings i was at this particular company and um i was just at that time selling bone china and coffee and tea related accessories and so that's amazing (laughs) really that's amazing it was actually so much fun it was an easy 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 job and i didn't have to work very hard and i made decent money so um anyway but you know i was concerned because i thought oh my god what's gonna happen and it really turned out to be the best year and you know my mother who she has been really fortunate throughout all of the, whether it was 9-11, the 2008 crash, whatever it was, she's been able to buy and sell her homes. Actually, I think the two last uh, sales that she did, she not only did she get somebody to buy and pay cash, but they paid more than what she asked right. for. So it's Mine's like, tough to yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty fucking badass. but I just, I feel like it's possible to, and it's, it's, I, I feel kind of selfish for saying this because 
I know that eight million people have um, the word not worded like Hillary Clinton said they were pushed into poverty, and so yeah. I, I don't want to make light of that. But still, I, we're all in this, you know kind of fear spiral, like what the fuck's going to happen? And so I'm trying to stay as positive as I possibly can. So yeah. there's that. Good. There's um, that. <laughs> and, you know, I also want to ask you, because I ask everybody this, uh, it's the most pertinent question, but I'm, I'm just wondering, what is your gut? What is your gut telling you about this uh, oh, 2020 God. election? Oh, I, I hate, uh, this is so hard. Because, I know. And this is so interesting. I actually, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a fun name drop, but you know her and love her. I had a conversation with Mary Trump. Oh yes. And what she said was, I have a blind spot after November 3rd. Yeah. I can't see after November 3rd. And huh. it's not because I'm not envisioning the country, you know, Biden winning or Trump winning or anything. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And it, this is the first time I've never, I've ever mm-hmm. felt that this sort of like, there's sort of a void after that. There's this blackness. And yeah. so my feeling is <clears throat> if we continue this trend, we are voting in record numbers and blowing out the 2016 mm-hmm. numbers already. I know that part of that is because we've got early voting in several states that didn't have it before. Like I understand there are things contributing to this, but I also think if we can continue this yeah. up until November 3rd, I think hopefully we will have voted in numbers that are too big to manipulate. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will take over the White House. We'll have one of the most competent cabinets Mm -hmm. this country has ever seen. And for me, as part of the LGBTQ community, one of the most pro-equality administrations this country's ever seen. Uh, So I do have hope. I can't imagine four more years of this disaster, but I can imagine Joe and Kamala winning. So I'm going to go with that. (laughs) I can envision that. I just don't know if the, you know, it's just because of the interference, the Russian Mm -hmm. interference, the voter suppression, things that are outside of our control are obviously things that make me most trepidatious of being like, Joe's going to take it. Yeah. Because in any other perfect world, we know that this would be the biggest landslide this country's ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I know Bob gets nervous. And you know, I mean, so do I, 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 I'm at the point where I'm kind of in, no, I wouldn't call it denial. I'm in refusal to even accept the idea that Trump could win. And, and and I recognize that he could, and, and it wouldn't be a fair win, but I just like with last time, uh, you know, I was very confident, not just because of polling, but just, I don't know, Hillary did win. Hillary did win. Uh, right. And and then it was stolen from her. So I think that the most logical thing we could say is if, you know, if there is a, a Biden loss, it's because it would have been stolen from him. And that's something we can't predict. We don't know exactly, exactly. what they have, because I know that they're that, that definitely with Russia, they're more sophisticated than they were. And then we just don't know what they're capable of doing. So but I, I just, there is something that I also feel like my mom said the same thing. I keep bringing her up, but I talk to her all the time. So she said a couple of weeks ago that, I don't know, she was just sitting there one night and it just, she just was overcome with a calm and felt like, all right, we're going to do this. It's not to say yeah. that everything would be perfect, but that, you know, that there was this like, and then I noticed other people on Twitter were echoing that sentiment. And I, and I think that. I think there's just a resolve and I'm really glad, you know, I mean, I, I, Bob always says, don't get happy, but at the same time, I think, I think, (laughs) (laughs) well, no, about like, no, 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 he mean he means like, if you see, uh, like numbers going up for Biden, he'll say, don't get happy because he doesn't want people to get apathetic. And, but it's like, I also, I'm on the other side of that where I feel like if there is a general expectation from everybody 
that one thing is going to happen. It's more likely to happen. I mean, I think there was a general expectation for Hillary to win, and she actually did win. But now we have the extra knowledge of, you know, how Russia was... I mean, I've noticed since even, you know, 2018, anytime we'd see... Like that walkaway movement, that bullshit walkaway movement was was pushed by Russian bots and walking away from the Democratic Party. And, it, you know, it was pushed by Russian bots and immediately people recognized that. So like in 2016, right. we were just not sure what the fuck was going on. We were just seeing a lot of anger and hate, but we didn't know that it was, you know, pushed by Russians. So now we know. So I think we have more information where, you know, we're more aware of of some of the tricks and we could see what the GOP is doing like pretty much blatantly occasionally we get blindsided by these fake you know ballot boxes but we're quick to figure it out and that gives me hope so you know and then I agree with you I I do agree with you with all that I also think that in general um like you said people are starting to get wiser to what's real news what's fake news and the bottom line is is that uh, like it or not, and I d- don't like it. Um, people see Joe as a more likable candidate than Hillary. Um, yeah, I think I know. Hillary was probably the most qualified person that's yes. ever run for the presidency. She was. Um, however, comma as a country, um, th- th- we and it's based on misogyny or whatever you you know the history of her um, can her pol- policies. Joe seems to be more liked across the board um, and for reasons that I may not think are fair, whether it is misogyny or, you know, because he's a white guy. Um, However, we are seeing more first time voters. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, DeSantis is trying to pull this bullshit in Florida and try and get people off the voting rolls. But we've got felons that have paid their debt to society that most of them, some of them were put in jail for bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, know, drug whatever Um, they, they, they're voting. Um, We've got, you know, I was doing a a podcast, um, with Allison Gill, and she was talking about how one of her listeners in Arizona, his her brother had never voted because he oh. he had been a felon, but he you know he paid his time, he paid his mm-hmm. fines, didn't realize there was a statute of limitations in in Arizona that you can get your voting rights back after a certain amount of time hmm. if you pay your time and you pay your fines. He voted for the first time in the wow, election, that's awesome. and then we've got all these Republicans that are saying "fuck you" yeah. and going to this you know saying you know country over party this yeah. time. So we'll have all of their votes on top of the ones that maybe were stagnant in 2016 because mm-hmm. they thought Hillary had it in a landslide and they mm-hmm. stayed home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like I think the today my favorite election expert, Michael McDonald, had posted. I think it's like at least three point. It's almost basically 40 million people have voted in 2020, right. which is 28.8% of the total vote in 2016. So as you were saying, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing more and maybe part of that is because of early voting. But I think it's also Michael McDonald wrote an article for Axios back in 2019, just, you know, talking about he expects a blue wave, he expects 67% voter turnout, and then a, like a big blue wave. And so right. that's just based on 2018. And if you really look at it in every election we've had since Trump, it's been, you know, Democrats have been favored. And, and while Trump has been the president, I hate saying that, but while he's been the president, the Equal Rights Amendment was ratified by the last three states that were needed. So I think like right. people are getting their shit together and saying, all right, but, the, but here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned, and I wrote about this yesterday, that this is not a finish line. 2020 is not a no. finish line. Basically, we have, you know, Trump's presidency has exposed the vulnerabilities of our government and, and the way that we're set up. So much of this has been on the honor system 
and clearly that's been trampled and we're there's so much to repair so yeah. if we want those changes we're going to have these democratic voters are and and you know I mean I know that there's going to be republicans who are going to vote this year and then they're probably right. going to go back to republicans so we're not going to have them exactly so we need to get yeah. our shit together as democratic voters so that we can keep a majority otherwise we're going to see a repeat of what happened with obama where Voters just got so comfortable with Obama as president and didn't put the importance into midterms. And he lost Congress. And, you know, I mean, without Congress, (laughs) that's what, you know, I mean, Bob wrote an article for Salon talking about how, I guess, the only saving grace if if Trump were to win, that Democrats will have control of Congress. So that's how important Congress is. And if we yeah, lose, if we, yeah, we've if we got to get it. the Senate, though, I mean, yeah. if we don't get the Senate and he wants another, uh, I, I mean, I can't even think no. that. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> want to think about that. Um, no, I agree. I agree with all of it. I think that, you know, we know that Trump is not the, the problem. It's it's McConnell. It's Pompeo. Mm-hmm. It's Barr. It's all the people propping him up. Trump's not a smart man. No. In fact, he's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it. So this cancer has like you know, moved into the Republican yeah. party so deep that cutting off the head of the dragon is not going to kill this. Yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, in yeah. fact, Trump's not the head of the dragon. I think Trump, Trump, someone's got, you know, it's all, I call him the dummy in the ventriloquist act. Like everyone's got their hands up his ass, moving his mouth. Yeah. Um, but he's not the smart guy. He's the piece of wood that yeah. everyone's taking, you know, that everyone's looking at because his, his lips are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the three, it's also Kimberly three months after the election. I'm like, it is going to be probably, and I, I'm sorry that it sounds like there's joy in my voice. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a response as a comedian that I laugh at uncomfortable <laughs> situations. This is going to be three of the most dangerous oh, months I yes. believe that this country's ever seen. Yeah, um, and it worries me. I oh, want people yeah. to stay safe. I mean, this is the time where I'm like, you know what? Follow the quarantine. Stay in your fucking house for a month. Yeah, D- you know, don't get the coronavirus. Don't get killed by a proud boy, and just <laughs> stay safe. Like that's God, how I yeah. feel at this point. Well, you know, going back to what you said about Mary Trump saying that there was this void. Well, the thing is, is November third. It's not like Joe Biden starts. So perhaps, right. perhaps that that dark <laughs> void is the fact that God only knows what we can expect. Because you know, Michael Cohen warned warned that he could start a war. I don't know that he would do that in a lame duck, but who knows? Because he's crazy. And you I know, think he's going to walk away. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I think fine. Trump, if he gets blown out in the election, is going to say, screw this, then I'm done doing my job like he's ever done it before. Right. But I think he's going to go somewhere warm and I think he's going to golf for three months and he's going to there's a possibility he will resign during that time so that um, Pence can yeah. pardon him for, you know, federal crimes, mm-hmm. even though New York's going to go after him the moment mm-hmm. uh, he's out of the White House. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. I was laughing. I'm like. If you have 14 lawsuits against you or however many <laughs> yeah. it is, you've got a rape accusation uh, yeah. coming from LG, you know, from uh, Eugene Carroll. Yeah. You owe someone 400 million. <laughs> no, a billion, a billion dollars. Yeah. At this point, I would like not be surprised <laughs> if he fakes his own death. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, he got Corona again and he's in the hospital <laughs> and oh, he Oops, he's dead. It. And yeah. he's going to, you know, get shipped off to Russia. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like I had Hank Gilbert on Monday and I think he made a good point. Like what country would take him? Like not Russia. Russia no. thinks he's a fucking idiot. That was the whole point. And, That's true. you know, I mean, there are all these countries now that United States that Americans can't go to. I don't know who would take him. I really don't. 
Where the fuck could he? Question. Where where could he go? I mean, he and if he could hide here, where would he hide? He can't hide. I mean, it's just I, I, you know. And then Hank Gilbert also made the point that the, his bank, the banks, these foreign banks yeah. own his home or his yeah. homes, and they could sell them. <laughs> you know? It'd be beautiful. Make him into Section Eight housing. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> Did you ever see the President Show? No. With Tony Atomic. Oh my God, it's really good. And I know he's very good. He's yes. very good. And they did this episode of what Trump would have been like if he didn't have any money. And it was just so fascinating because he was just like this loser, petty, petty. Uh, he's into petty theft, and you know he he was wearing the uh, like Adidas suits and and just like what you would expect, like the 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 really idiotic like Brooklyn dude who just right. doesn't make a lot of money. He's not very smart. And, you know, I mean, that, I mean, Trump could, <laughs> I don't know what will happen to him. It really will depend on such an, you know, it'll be a number of things, whether the DOJ goes after him in a Biden administration, who goes right. after him, you know, legally, even if, like you said, there's state things that he could get busted for. There's so many possibilities. And I, you know, I mean, I think we all fear that nothing will happen to him. Because right. time of after course, time, yeah, we've seen well, it. It's been up to this point. Yeah. There's been no consequences for this child. Yeah, and not only him, but other, you know, whether, you know, look at Cheney and the Bush administration, and they were guilty of war crimes, but nothing ever happened. And, you know, there were definitely a lot of people who thought that maybe there should be. But because of tradition and because of the way we've always done things, usually presidents don't go after former presidents. This is different right. though. This is different. This is very different <laughs> because we also have to remember that a lot of his crimes happened before he went into mm-hmm, the White House. Mm-hmm. So most presidents that we know of, at least in modern day, weren't criminals yes, before exactly. they got to the White House. They became <laughs> criminals in the White House. Yes. It's just, it's so sad that, the, I mean, I, I don't even, I am at such a a point with the QAnon. I don't even know if I've ever mentioned QAnon on my show before. I may have, but I haven't really talked about it because I just, it's just so bothersome. You know, I mean, I, I, I used to live in communist Russia. So I was, I experienced what it's like to live in a Soviet, a Soviet police state. Although I don't compare that to, you know, what we would become if Trump were to win again, because it would not be the same. It would look probably more like Russia, but because I had that experience and because I saw a nation of people who accepted that fate because they had no choice, they had to accept that fate um, of, you know, if you speak out, you go to jail, you follow the, you follow the rules or you go to jail and, right. you know, a real jail, not just Russia jail. Cause it was like a, it was like living in a prison in, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were definitely, I've talked about this on the show many times, but there were like militia men in these, like, look, they looked like phone booths on pretty much every corner. And wow. you would, you would, you could see them. Like they'd check. I was 12. And the way that they looked at me as if I were some kind of, you know, American spy getting ready to take down their country. It was ridiculous, right. you know, how yeah. they treated everyone. And so, you know, my point is that because there was this nation of people who were, just sold this bill of goods and had to accept it. It's not hard for me to imagine that the QAnon gets so out of control. I don't know how we're going to, I don't know how we're going to stop this other than shutting down Fox news. Crazy. I mean, I was looking on Twitter this morning and someone who's reputable said that one of their reputable 
people tweeted about Joe Biden cooking a baby oh and selling God. it to Hillary. Oh I'm like, God. what in the hell is going on? So I'm honestly not necessarily worried about Putin as much as I am right. at this point about QAnon. <laughs> like, I think Putin has drastically, drastically underestimated the fight in the America. I think he watched our country under the last however pres- presidencies and yeah. been like, American people are dumb. They're yeah. complacent. They don't care about their democracy. So he installed this puppet into the White House. And I think that even he might be like, I underestimated yeah. the, the I underestimated the, the tenacity yeah. of the American people. He would never say that. No. But I think he really thought Trump was yeah. going to be the guy. And he's doing a hell of a job of dividing us, but mm-hmm. he's also doing a hell of a job of, of energizing United. us. Yeah. And bringing the good people, the right. good people out That's a good point. to be louder. Yeah. Because there's more of us than there are of them. And we yes. know that. They're just really fucking loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, Nick Lutzko. Are you familiar with Nick Lutzko? No. What? Oh, my God. He's so funny. You should look him up on Twitter. I think it's L-U-T-S-K-O. He, he's so okay. funny. And he, he does a song. He, he basically does these parody songs. He did one called Boat Parade. I'm not like Bob and I don't have all the fancy stuff because Bob would play it. I can't play it. But Boat Parade is so funny because he starts singing Boat Parade and he's just talking about going to the Boat Parade, like Trump's Boat Parades. And at the end of the video, he just keeps repeating Boat Parade over and over again. And this like crazy, he gets crazy eyes and he's screaming. It's like Boat Parade, Boat Parade. And his like mouth starts bleeding. Anyway, he did a song and it's much more gentle. He's just this gentle kind of almost ballad singing about how liberals like to drink baby blood. And it's so funny because, or I should say celebrities, that they they stay so young looking because they drink baby blood. And it's oh just, my it's, God. he's so funny and he's so unique. I love this guy. Um, I'm now following him. Oh my I'm a God. multitasker. I'm a lesbian. I can do a lot at one time. You gotta I watch. just found him on Twitter. He gotta follow. Let's continue on with the interview. <laughs> you, you gotta listen. You gotta listen to Bo Parade. He even, he does a, a Spirit Halloween song, which that, that store, Spirit Halloween. The best part about that song is at the end, so I won't even and give it away but it's really funny okay. but he's just there's boat boat parade i think is my favorite and again it's the end because it's his craziness at the end this guy is so special and he needs to like bec- he needs a blue check and he needs to become famous because he also does regular music he i looked him up on youtube and he he did a song i think it's called cat piss and it's like he's got three oh cats and one of them is peeing in his bed and he can't figure out which one it is so he did a song about it that's why i don't have cats i'm the worst lesbian in the world i don't have cats well i don't you know we don't have cats now but we're gonna get them uh, we, we had miranda and she died Aww. in in uh, I think it was June nineteenth, Juneteenth, and it was sad. Bob, it was so sad because like okay, I had ha- I got her in two thousand and four, and Bob and I met in twenty fifteen, and then we moved in together. I think it was like February of twenty sixteen. So she was with him, you know, for however long that was, four or five years, and and he really got attached to her, and she loved right. him so much. And the day we had to put her down, I mean, it was, it's devastating and sad and everything, but he, he was a mess. I mean, he was literally sobbing and, you know, he said, I've never cried this hard over a cat. And so this is the first time in my life I haven't had cats, but, um, we're, we're waiting for a couple of different things to happen and then we're going to get two sisters. So I'm looking forward to that. Good, but good, but good. I do worry. I do worry because Miranda was occasionally she was neurotic and she was a peer, but she didn't pee all the time. She just peed, you know, under certain stressful moments. And so 
I'm just like, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to visualize and, you know, we're getting these cats that are so chill and they don't scratch and I'm just going to see it. I hope someone is tuning into your podcast during this conversation going, what the hell happened to Kimberly's political podcast? I know, I know. But I go back. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. Um, I'm a dog person. And the only reason I don't have one is because pre-COVID, I used to travel 175,000 miles a year. Um, So, of course, right now I'm like, I need an animal. I need a pet. The only thing alive in my apartment other than me is my plants. And then everything hopefully will go back to normal. I'm going to go, oh, my God, who's going to watch my dog? Well, there's always fostering. So you could keep that in mind. But um, oh, I can't. My heart can't handle it. I know. I that's how I am. I, will, I couldn't do it. I either. will. No, nope. no, I couldn't do it either. Um, yeah. OK, so back to politics. But, you know, I, I want to say because my, my listeners know this, but I'll just give you the real quick. In 2015, before Trump came on to the scene as a presidential candidate, I had this dream long and short that this huge, gigantic, bigger than actual elephant head was in my living room and it was gasping for breath and it died. And I was freaking out and I was thinking, how am I going to get this out of my house? The only two ways to do it were to chop it up in little pieces, which is disgusting and gross, or to like take take the roof off. And this was all the stuff I was thinking in my dream. But it was like taking the roof off the house and lifting it out. And so initially my, I was really upset when I had, I mean, really fucking upset when I had this dream. And I thought, you know, what does this mean? Does this mean like a benevolent, loving person that I know is going to die? And then I came to think, well, maybe it's the GOP. Maybe the GOP is dying and we're going to have to clean up that mess. And then when Trump got COVID, I thought, oh, my yeah. God, he's the head of the GOP. And he's literally yeah. on, you know, he was on his balcony, the White House balcony, gasping for breath. And oh, then- my God. Watching those videos. I, I had childhood asthma. I was like, where's my inhaler? I can't oh, breathe. God. Where's my inhaler? I can't breathe. Oh. Just watching him try and get a yeah. breath. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's like, I, you know, and so I thought maybe and I wasn't hopeful about this because I don't want him to die, at least not before the election. I, I, I just feel like um that would be too chaotic for, for America to deal with, even though Agreed. I think a lot of people might wish for his death, but I'm certainly not one of them. And it's not, it's really not, not because either. I'm compassionate because I fucking hate him. Um, I'd I rather, want him to rot yes, to death in prison. That's what I want. I think it's way worse than dying. But, um, but I'm just so curious because it's like, you know, the, the timeline on Herman Cain was that he was exposed, I think on, on uh, June 24th and by seven, uh, by July 30th, he died. And in the interim, right. his doctors were like, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And then boom, he's dead. I don't right. know that that's going to happen to Trump. Um, but I'm just, I'm just wondering what the deal is with him. And I feel like, I mean, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you, th- do you see a difference in his behavior? I mean, obviously he's always been a freak and, and he's a yeah. caged animal now and he feels the walls closing in on him. But aside from all that typical stuff that we're used to, it does seem he's he seems a little bit different. And I just don't know if it's the Royce. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that a couple things and and this is weird to say, I think he looks better Mm -hmm. than he did when he went into the hospital. He might have lost a little bit. This is the reason. He's being pumped up with antibodies he's being pumped yeah. up with steroids and we saw his i mean i think a lot of us saw the walk of shame video when he finished the 60 minutes interview yes. or as we like to call it the 45 <laughs> minutes interview because he walked out early um he looked so defeated and you could say it's for a couple things one he knows that the interview was a disaster yeah or two 
he's coming off of his steroids. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that right. high yes. he had and that energy he had is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's coming back to the the pre-COVID president where he doesn't have energy. He has to hold on to a handrail when he walks down a ramp. I mean, he smiles and it looks like he has had minor strokes. Half of his yeah. mouth does not raise. He's dragging huh. his right foot yes, he when is. he walks into places. Like, this is not a healthy man. Um, I think that him getting a mild case of COVID was the worst thing that could have I happened know. to the country. I agree. I wish he hadn't gotten it at all. That's what I said the other night. Yes. You know, because it just gave him this, oh, Jesus, fuck. I wish that someone had not talked him out of the Superman. (laughs) I know. I know. Someone should be fired for talking him out of walking out, opening up a button down so we can see the T-shirt because that would have just been magic. I know. Um, I know. But honestly, Kimberly, I am the same school of thought. I might be in a little bit of different school of thought. I do want him to stay alive and pay for his yeah, crimes, that's what I want. but is he going to, right. and I do well, think the it. only saving grace is going to be New York. Um, yes. I do think he'll find a way to get out of the federal crimes, but I don't think he'll, I think he's going to be the dumb. I think he's going to be the Eric Trump of Al Capone's is what I wrote <laughs> is that he is going to go to prison for tax evasion yeah. because they can't get him on anything else, but he's still going to go away. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's hope that he has um, Jeffrey Epstein, mm-hmm. Epstein's jail. <laughs> Whoever was watching his cell, I would be fine if they transferred him over to Trump's prison. And then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, he does. He does deserve to be there for a long ass time, though, because you know how I mean, can you imagine his mental state? It would be such a torture for him. Just torture for him. I mean, that's why I say it's like, you know, I mean, I don't some people I had a conversation. I think it was with my dad. I don't remember. But I had said that I I would much prefer that he stay alive. Um, because then he has to be tortured in prison. And my dad was kind of making the argument that, you know, maybe, maybe death would be worse. And it's like, okay, well, I guess that is an individual thing, but if it were me and I was Trump and I had the choice of spending the rest of my life in jail or just dying, I would choose death. I wouldn't want to right, go to jail I agree for agree with would, you. 100%. I would choose that so I'm just quickly. not the kind of person, and trust me, if I was going to wish it upon anyone, it would be this man. Mm-hmm. I just don't wish it upon yeah, anyone. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I can't anyone. wish it. I can't. Um, yeah, uh, but I do. I would love. I would love to see him being uh, arrested and taken away uh, and put in jail, as well as uh, Ivanka and Junior. Oh, they have to. And every single other person that helped, you know, helped bring him to power. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. It's like, is it going to happen? I mean, it's like hard enough to imagine that it's going to happen to Donald. But is right. it going to happen to Ivanka? Is it going to happen to, uh, as I like to refer to him, Derp, uh, the Derp Jr. And, and yeah. it's stupid <laughs> Eric. I mean, they're all just so, they're just all so pathetic. I cannot take this. It's, I don't know like how it is for you, but it's really now that we're down to the wire. It's been like, I'm having such a fucking hard time concentrating. I'm I'm keeping up. Oh yeah. And I understand what's going on, but really all I want to do is get lost in stupid YouTube videos about cats or or dogs or what or stupid shows that I like or whatever it is. Like I it's so hard for me because it's it's so funny that I know everybody makes these jokes that, you know, th- this month has been the longest year of my life. But it seems like 
it seems like at least for this year, I don't know why, but it seems like it's gone by really quick. And now that we're at this place, it's like inching, inching. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, I mine, mine is a time, like I feel like I'm in some sort of a time, like wormhole. Like I'm looking outside and I'm like, why, it's March 867th. Why is it getting dark so early? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I was in September, Kimberly. I had a panic moment on September 3rd when I was like, we only have one more month till the election. And my friend was like, October. I, I completely forgot about the month of October. Like, I just forgot it existed. Everything is very strange right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we lost an entire summer yeah. I, and we we're about to lose a fall. Like, mm-hmm. so when I say that we've lost them, like I, we haven't been outside, especially, I hate to say this, you know, everyone thinks and it's, it's, it's a little bit nicer in California and the weather, but with the air quality oh, from the no, fires, yeah. we have this double whammy of right. dealing with this pandemic, this lockdown. And then we used to be able to take walks, but now we can't do that without, you know, contaminating yeah. our lungs. So it's, I I'm with you. It, Every time they're like, there's only 13 days till the election, which I think today is 13 days yeah. till the election. Um, I'm like, holy, sh- holy shit. It's thir- but at the same time, the election's been happening for you know exactly. a month yeah. now. Yeah. You know, we've got almost 40 million people or whatever it is voted already. Yeah. That's why this whole thing with Amy Coney Barrett, I'm just <sighs> like, 40 million people have decided who they want to be the president mm-hmm. and you're going to push through Supreme court justice. Yeah. Like it's infuriating. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's, I think for me, that's probably the, one of the most more difficult, you know, aspects of what's going on is, you know, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg death, Ginsburg's death has, I mean, it's going to affect so many people. If, if Amy, died. I mean, I'm, I keep hoping that there's going to be some snafu, you know, and like, yeah. I don't know, maybe they'll find enough senators. I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at it like it's, it's very likely that they're going to do it, but I keep like hoping against hope that they won't, but she's the scariest, you know, that I, what we so desperately, you know, aside from expanding the court, which I definitely think should be done because of the fact that M- McConnell has cheated and packed the courts and all that uh, the, for right. so long. I, I mean, it needs to, we need to change, we need to change it so that one person's death isn't going to negatively affect the, you know, like millions and millions and millions of people. And, right. you know, I mean, I know that there were a lot of people pointing their finger at her. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I like to think that, I think that, you know, she said that the pendulum swings both ways, you know, I mean, or it's, you know, like when it's, when it's a conservative country, it swings to the liberal and it just keeps swinging back and forth. And so understanding that when, when Obama had, you know, in his first, first two years, when he had Congress and the presidency, um, that would have been an optimum time for her to say, all right, I've been here for a while. Same with Breyer, who is, I think, 82 or 84 right now. Um, I think both of them, uh, it would have been a better idea for them to say, all right, we're going to step down. That doesn't mean I point my finger at her and think she's a villain. Uh, it, it's right. the way that our, it's the way that our system is set up with lifetime appointments. That's the problem. Um, well, also the complacency of Democrats during midterm. Yes, absolutely. That's the problem. That, that's for me. That's the problem. Why should we put the responsibility on one 80 year old woman who's done so much for the no, country right. because Democrats can't get off their ass, ass. and vote in a midterm election? Oh, you know, and I said that on Twitter and people were yelling at me for like shaming voters. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. If, yeah. if we would have if we would have voted 
in 2010 and in 2014, first of all, the likelihood of the Tea Party, you know, taking seats would not have happened. And right. and then there's a good chance that we could have, I don't know what would have happened in, in 2016, but there's a good chance that we could have kept the Senate throughout and then this would never have been an issue. So I, so right. to me, it's more about, like I said, it's like, I think we, we need to have term limits. And then I also think, you know, because I, I can say the same thing for Breyer, because Breyer, just as Breyer is an 80 something year old man. And I think that, you know, once you get up to a certain age, uh, when you're in charge of so many people's lives, you have to take that into consideration if you do have a lifetime appointment. And then again, right. uh, what you said, but but the thing is, is and, and you know, I, I think it's so important, and I hope Elizabeth Warren takes this up. And I know Hank Gilbert said this because I've been saying this. We need to once Joe Biden gets in, I think one of the most important things he needs to do that administration is to start funding education because for 40 years, GOP has been defunding it. And when you add that to toxic right wing talk radio and Fox News, you get people who believe in QAnon QAnon conspiracies and that liberals are eating babies. I mean, are are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Who? How can anyone think that? It's it's I, what's crazy is I have friends who have friends. I sound like Ferris Bueller. Um, <laughs> it, they totally yeah. So they said Ferris Bueller passed out. Um, I have a friend who has a dear friend that now believes these QAnon conspiracies, and we're like, how how, how did this happen? Like yeah. any rational person. And so I don't even know. I mean, if it's I don't even know if it's education. I also think we have to fund mental health. Yeah, for I agree. To I agree. A, a, a believe this sort of a conspiracy. Yeah. There has to be something wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. I think the other thing, um, as you were wrong. saying, is that with these lifetime appointments, I don't think the Supreme Court should have lifetime appointments, mainly because our country changes yes. so much yeah. and evolves so much that when you've got the same school of thought and the, the, the court's not evolving with the people mm-hmm. of this country, that's like with this bullshit when Romney was like, I'm not going to block this because, you know, we have a, a, a conservative-leaning country. The hell we do. Right. We have a very liberal-leaning country. Yeah. The last six presidents who won the popular vote, they, they were Democrats, but yeah. unfortunately, they didn't all win the electoral right. college. And right. so these um, conservative presidents got to appoint three justices. Yeah. That's not how this country's leaning. It's mm-hmm. a very fucked up system that's broken and that mm-hmm. needs to be fixed. Yeah, that absolutely does. I mean, it, and it goes down to any kind of lifetime appointment. And it's just, um, I mean, you know, whether it's Senate or not, because you look at Dianne Feinstein and she oh, just recently hugged. I was Lindsay so mad. Graham. I was I know. so mad, Kimberly. I was so mad. <laughs> oh my God, that pissed me off. And she's in fucking California. I mean, I used to live in California. And so, um, you know, I, I wasn't a big, huge fan of her then. But, you know, now I'm just like, time to retire if you're if you're congratulating lindsey graham on some wonderful hearing with the you know again i'm going to go back to hank gilbert i don't know if you're familiar with who he is but he's like this white good old boy democrat in texas who's running against louis gummer and hank is fucking awesome and he, he said that you know he's like i looked in her eyes and i saw evil and it's true i mean the woman is just she's She's a terrible, terrible, terrible woman. And, you know, but I'm going to scramble around and go back to another thing you're talking about, because talking about the idea that um, people are eating babies. A while back, I had a guy on my show who I can't say his name. 
but he pressed to be on my show. He wanted to be on and I had to take the interview down almost immediately because I found out somebody who I know who is very, very high profile messaged me and said that this particular person did something uh, harmful. And I know, and and I know, and I, and it was backed up. So I know that it was true anyway. So he was on my show and you know, he, he really is like, I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. And and I didn't really know who he was and he was an actor and I'm just like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. So he comes on and he starts, he starts in and he said something about the first thing he said, it really fucking pissed me off because he said that he didn't like the idea of women using abortion as birth control. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. And and so I, you know, I, I, I had to explain to him. I said, well, first of all, Abortion is a form of birth control, but it's not the form of birth control most women run to. You know, Seriously. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, nobody fucking wants an abortion. But, you know, if you, we're really grateful if we get pregnant and we have to have one, we're really glad that it's there. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, God, this yeah. CVS pharmacy closed at 7, I so I guess um, I'm going to have to get a hanger in an alley. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I know who claims to be liberal. But the thing that really blew my fucking mind was he said something like, and this goes back to the eating babies thing. So he said, I just can't believe that there are parents who are, who are murdering their newborns. What? You, and do you remember Trump has been saying that? Yeah. And yeah, the, the abortion after birth. Yes. And, I, and I'm, I said, are you getting your information from Donald Trump? I said, we're th- I said, excuse me, you need to understand that you are 100% wrong on this. It's like, oh, my God. So this guy is like a, supposedly a liberal. I mean, he's, he's done some bad things. Um, uh, it's not my story to tell, so I can't tell the story. But, yeah, no, it's okay. You know, I, I, I won't see, notice I haven't even asked. I <laughs> right. pushed you. I'm like, I trust you. But, but it's like this man thought that people were li- – I mean, he's liberal. So it's like how is this happening in this country where you have people – buying into these conspiracy theories. Okay, like you look at 9-11 and I saw a lot of shit going on. I mean, I don't believe the conspiracies about it, but when you look or, you know, when you watch the movies, when you watch the YouTube videos and stuff, I could see where people could go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about this? What about that? There were questions. And so when there's questions, it's obvious there's always going to be conspiracy theories about shit. But sure. that's that seems to me like, all right, I mean, I, and and basically, if you look at it, especially the Trump administration has taught us that, that nobody knows how to keep secrets. <laughs> so right. it's like, I mean, how long has it been since, two, you know, I mean, it's been how many years, 19 years or how, yeah, 19 years. Um, nobody said anything. Give me a fucking break. Right. If there were. This it, is the, yeah. yeah, this is the thing. No one knows how to keep secrets of people they don't respect. Exactly. Chadwick Boseman had stage four cancer. And no one leaked it because they loved him. Yeah. They respected him. Yeah. They wanted to honor him. So people talk about people they don't respect, which is why there are so <laughs> many leaks yeah. in this Trump administration, <laughs> because no one respects this man. Of course, yeah. they're all talking about him behind his back. Yeah. And then, I mean, if it were if it were truly, uh, you know, the the Bush government that did this, it would have come out. So it's like absolutely it's, it's not. But. But we we still have, I mean, like, but I'm, what I'm saying, though, that conspiracy, I can understand why people could be, you know, lost in the what about this and what about that? We didn't trust the Bush administration. Sure. So, yeah. OK, but not eating babies. 
Right. Well, the only the <laughs> other thing too is, I mean, God babies. bless his blessed heart, uh, George W. You know, everyone's like, I miss George W. I don't. He no. was still a war. He exactly. Was still a, I just, I don't miss him. I understand that people, you know, see Obama, you know, Michelle Obama, hug, Obama yeah. hugging him and they're like, oh, they're friends. I'm like, no, maybe she's just got a charity case there. But the <laughs> thing is, is that no wonder people think it was a conspiracy. If you've got the president of the United States reading my pet goat upside down <laughs> no, in an elementary school class, of course, people are going to think that he had something to do with it <laughs> instead of maybe he's just really dumb, which is what I, but he's just not he's the just smartest really man. Dumb. Yeah. He also... I can say, I believe, was manipulated uh, in in politics, just Mm -hmm. like every politician. Like, I don't think he believed the things that he fought against, marriage equality and things like that. I mean, even his father was, you know, senior, Bush senior used to be ahead of the family planning Mm -hmm. in California. And then he couldn't, you know, he wasn't going to be a viable vice president candidate unless he denounced that. And went to the religious right. Like politics yeah. really fucks people up. Right. And you lose what you believe in. You sell your soul to whatever the highest bidder is. And it's it's sad. Yeah. It's really sad. And listen, it's not just conservatives. And no. I know that. No, it isn't. And the, and, and that's yeah. sad, too. But I mean, that's like, you know, we have this opportunity. So, you know, back to not being the finish line, we have an opportunity right now to improve the system, you know, it's like not go back to the system that we had because there were flaws and there's going to be flaws. You know, there's never going to be a perfect, uh, a perfect nation. It, it, It will never happen because human beings aren't perfect, but we can make it better than it was, but it's so much work and it's so much dedication and it's going to mean that we all have to stay engaged with, you know, I don't think people realize that there are elections every single year. There's special elections and, you know, yep. there's the midterm elections, school boards, yeah. everything, and and local is so important. And you know, I mean, I I, I hope that the Democrats can figure out. Uh, you know, somebody I wish I could remember his name. I saw him on MSNBC last night. He works for like a, or he started, I should say, he started. I don't know what to call an organization, a group, whatever, where they're going around knocking on doors and they're talking to people in a particular way. And they've been able to persuade, you know, some Trump voters, whether it's women or men or whatever group you're in, to vote for Biden. And he said, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got a pretty good track record. And so it seems a little late in the game. And I don't know when he started because it was, you know, a small percentage, but still any percentage this. I mean, it's anything is good considering 2016 and what the numbers were at that time. But um, we need to be doing that like all all year, all year. You know, it's like, it's not just like three weeks before the election. <laughs> it's, it needs I to agree. be all the time. I think in order to course correct as well, and I'll say this, I think a lot of very old white people mm-hmm. need to come to grips with giving up some power. Yeah. We've created a system that, um, you know, racism is deep, deep, deep in yeah. every system that has ever been uh, solidified in this country. And so mm-hmm. even people on the left um, yeah. are liberals and, and progressives, white liberals and progressives are going to have to get comfortable with giving up some power if yeah. we are ever going to course correct what this country's done. Yeah. And I hope, I hope, I hope, <laughs> you know, it's like when we get to a point like this, like none of us ever thought how I don't know how old you are. I'm 52. I never fucking thought in my whole life 
that we would be where we are, especially after living in Russia, in Soviet Russia. I remember, you know, right. that that made me an American patriot. It made me understand what the word patriot meant. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, of course, I, I, I've understood that there's a lot of flaws and, and we've had shitty presidents and shitty leaders, but... It's, sure. You know, there was a certain pride, even even during, you know, my mom took a trip to to um, France while Bush was president and she kept getting people asking her, you know, like, what the fuck? And she's like, I didn't vote for him. Don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, you know, yeah, uh, we we were taken down a little bit by the by the W administration. But this is something totally different. This is this is something that none of us ever thought we would experience. Yet here we are. And I, I would hope that it turns into like a catalyst for a, a new way of, of seeing things and, and a new way of being an American, which is basically, you know, how do we get that group? I think there was a political article that came out a couple of weeks ago and it was listed was for can't remember what he called it, but it was just four different points of the election. And one was how many uh, women Trump is losing. Um, But -hmm. there was this one group that was, I think it was a 28 to 42 year olds. And those people are voting because they, they're a group that usually doesn't vote. They're busy with their families. They're getting their careers going. They're not paying attention to politics. The reason they're voting is because they're just tired of Trump's bullshit. But I think they, they need to be focused on, you know, that age Absolutely. group needs to be focused on because we need them to understand why voting is so important. And I think that's the problem. It's like lack of education, lack of civics that, you know, there's no more um, really cool. I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill kind of cartoons when you're young. And I don't even think civics is taught. I no. was correct. I don't even think civics is taught in school anymore. It isn't. It in, isn't. in the schools, in the school system in the United States, I don't I don't think they have government anymore. I no. did. I had to take civics, but they don't now. What, did you go to school in Southern California? No, I actually grew up in New Mexico, so I oh, went to Albuquerque Public School System, which definitely, when I was there, could use some work. I'm not sure where it is now. but Yeah, well, I mean, the yeah. California public school system, as I've said many times on this show, is uh, it, it was not good. At least, you know, I mean, I went to a bunch of them. My mom moved around a lot when I was a kid. She, we never lived any right. more than two, anywhere more than two years. So wow. I went to a lot of different schools, and some were better than others, but there were no civics, and I know that, you know, I mean... <laughs> It's not. And I and I know that it was not so great over there because, first of all, I lived here until in Maryland, where I live now. I lived here until I was nine. Then my mom took us to L.A. We lived in all over L.A. And then in sixth grade, I came back for about half a year. I lived with my aunt and uncle and went to school. And then I went to Russia to live with my dad in seventh grade. But when I came back to sixth grade, there was such a huge difference of of the education that I was getting here compared to what I was getting in California. And I know that um, the the county that I live in right now is really great for schools. And I, I assume, I think I was living in Howard County before. And I, that was, that was, it was really good. Edu- and, and we did have a government class. I think it was, it might've just been called social studies, but we learned about government. Yeah, and absolutely. So- and I think there's something intrinsically wrong with our country that people that want to become citizens and have to take an exam mm-hmm. know more about yeah. our political system than American yes. citizens. I guarantee if you put the citizenship test in front of most of our youth now, yeah. and let's say even I say youth, I mean people even in their 20s because I'm double yeah. that, but I don't think they could pass it. 
I don't think they could pass it because it's not being taught in schools anymore. I don't think Trump could pass it. There's no way he could pass it. Are you kidding? I don't even have to say I don't think. Trump doesn't, I don't even think he knows the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, oh, my God. Painful. Yeah, it's painful. It's painful. You know, I one thing I do know, you know, like him or not, and I'll say this, he was not my first choice. Yeah, everybody uh, says I, that. <laughs> I proudly, proudly voted for Joe Biden mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris already. Too. It's been counted. I checked. Um, but I can say that he, I believe, will restore Me the too. reputation of our country globally. You know, there's a video going around Twitter, and I think Rex retweeted it. Um, and basically, it's, um, you know, Trump was signing something in front of all these global leaders, and he signed where they were supposed to sign oh their signature. God. And the camera pans God. on one of them at a time, trying to hold in a laugh and a smirk, because oh the man God. can't even read a fucking form. Oh, my God. Oh. And you know, know fucking his fucking son wants to be president, and and the of RNC RNC wants to like you know groom him. That's how pathetic I they, they are. I think they'll groom Ivanka before they groom Junior. I agree. I agree. But the thing is, is who was I talking to? Noel Kasler, I think, was saying that um, she is the reason that they've been paying more attention to him, according to him, is that because you know he's willing to get down in the mud. And she feels she's above it all and she won't go to the rallies and, you know, she's much more or in her mind dignified to deal with the deplorables, uh, basically. Got it. So, I mean, and I don't know, that was coming from Noel Kasler, who has not necessarily gotten in with the RNC. So I'm not sure what's going on. But I, but he did say, and I agree with this, he did say that Ivanka would likely, because she she would want to run, she would likely have some kind of dirt on derp and, and say, you know, fuck you. You're not running. I am <laughs> and win. <Right. laughs> and I could see that because she is smarter, I think, than her brothers. She's also very evil. Mary said she that uh, Ivanka reminds her of Fred. Yeah. And that's so funny because that's that's what has, Noel said. Yeah. That's what Noel said. Yeah. And I told Mary that I was like, you know, Noel Kasler had said that she that he believed that Ivanka was most like Fred. And then Mary was like, well, Noel's correct. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I just need this. Fa- I need them. That's why I need, I need, we need to get Trump out. We need to get Donald out. I'll give that to Mary. She wants him to, us to stop calling him Trump because that's her last name. Yes, I want to I- get Donald <laughs> out of the white house. Um, and if that's the case, I do believe the kids will, you know what? I would be fine at this point, and I know this is crazy, if the Southern District of New York worked out a deal with that family mm-hmm. where Junior and Ivanka oh, – am I going to regret saying this? <laughs> that Junior and Ivanka had to sign something that said they will never run for public office yeah. and never hold public office in exchange for some sort of thing. I don't know. I, I I just feel like they get away with everything. So I would rather them had to sign something that said they'll never run for the presidency and they'll, you know, won't go after them for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yes. And, but, but I think that there's still danger. They, They could still be dangerous in other ways. Uh, oh God! Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I th- and then and then there's the idea of running somebody like Cotton in 2024. Who knows? Jesus. You know, who knows who they're gonna? I mean, who knows who they're gonna fucking run? I can't even imagine what the fucking Republican Party is gonna come up. I, I imagine we're gonna see something similar to what we saw in 2016, where there's gonna be a bunch of them, just like the Democrats yeah. had. There's gonna be a big pool. 
we're going to see some of the same old faces like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. But then we're definitely going to see some new people in there, I think, you know, like the Tom Cottons. And it's just going to be fascinating to see who they choose. But the interesting thing is now likely it's going to be Kamala Harris is going to be the person running in 2024. That's what I think. Right. And so will they put up somebody like Nikki Haley? which I think would be very frightening because, I mean, first yes. of all, the the one thing that it would benefit is like my fear with any woman, unfortunately, is not because of the woman. As you said, Hillary Clinton was the most qualified person in the world to be president of the United States. Um, but it was the American people that fucked it all up. Right. So right. now you've got... Well, you know, and also James Comey had a lot to fucking well, do with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but it, but it was the fact that people allowed him to of to course. do that. You know, we allowed because I was one of those people. My I I voted, and I I don't regret doing anything. I've just changed my perspective. But I I supported Bernie Sanders in the primary, um, mm-hmm. and then I was, and I've talked about this so much, so I won't go too much into it. Just to fill you in, you know, I was I was a little bit taken in by the propaganda, not to the point where I don't know if you saw there was a thread by somebody, and I can't remember her name, but she's on Mueller. She wrote, and she was talking about how she was really sucked into it, how she was so sucked in to Hillary being such an evil person and the DNC being so awful that she left the Democratic Party. Fortunately, at the last minute, she came back and she she realized not that Russia was interfering, but just that, okay, wait a minute, this is all bullshit. And, you know, she did vote for Hillary, but it was it it doesn't mean you're like and she was talking about how she's a fucking she was in Mensa and she has all these degrees. So it's not about intelligence. She's extremely intelligent, but it's like you keep seeing over and over and over again, negative stories about her. And then it plants these seeds of doubt. And that's what happened to me. I would have like one of the doubt things that happened to me was when she had pneumonia. And then I was in all these Bernie groups that turned into anti Hillary hellscapes. I mean, that's all it was. Initially, the Bernie groups were all like really positive pro, you know, pro Bernie ideology or just mm-hmm. pro-Bernie. And if anybody dared to say anything negative about Hillary, everybody would jump and say, no, 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 no. We're here to just prop up Bernie and talk about, you know, the things that we want for this country. And then it was right. around April and everything started turning to shit. And that's when the Russians really started pushing the disinformation. And I saw it. I was, I was seeing it in real time without realizing what was going on. But those questions, right. you know, were coming up about her having a body body double that because she was so sick. And so, and it's, it's not that I believed it. It's not that I, but I, I was questioning and I was looking Mm -hmm. at the pictures and going, is that a body double? And, you know, and I was getting caught up in the fucking, the bullshit coming out of these, you know, blogs. And there was some guy who wrote for a blog. He was a liberal and he was writing anti Hillary stuff because they were paying him a shitload of money. And then right. Trump run, won and he, he came on like, you know, 60 minutes or whatever. And he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. You know, so maybe- many of those people. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and I won't mention his name because I know I'm going to get attacked by people. But yeah, I won't either. I know who you're going to attack. Yeah, I, know, I already know who you're you talking come about. Out, <laughs> yeah. You come out and say you're proud that you voted third party because, you know, your vote doesn't count mm-hmm. in California. and mm-hmm. You feel super free, but you don't take into account that you have 350,000 
Twitter followers that don't live yes. in California and their vote does matter. Yes. Like that is why this like privileged bullshit mm-hmm. bothers me so much because fine, you want to do that. You want to have a protest vote. Look, I don't agree with it, but don't use your megaphone. Right. When you don't, not everyone lives in California yeah, and we've got Trump now trying to flip California, which isn't going to happen. And the GOP putting fake ballot boxes uh-huh. and are harvesting ballots. You see this happening and you're going to add to it. It yes. infuriates me. Yeah. And just, just FYI, everybody, please do not tag this person. If you know who we're talking about, please if don't, you, if, because then they come after me. They come after me too. Can't. And what I will do is I will block you. If you, it's called snitch tagging. That means p- tagging the person that we are now talking about in the comments. I will block you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't because because what winds up happening is like you said they come after and they will give you bad reviews or they'll, you know, they'll just swarm your feed and it's like I don't want to fucking deal with it. So, I leave him right. alone. I blocked him a long time ago. I do too. I yeah. I don't argue with him anymore. You know what? We don't see eye to eye. I think that I think he's lost. I mm-hmm. think he's also has probably a nice living from his Patreon that good, you know, good for you and I hope they figure well, out. Well, actually what I think is happening grifter, I think he's got an opinion that's been per- and um, I don't think he makes that much from his Patreon, but I think that he has. Uh, I mean, I really, I don't uh, know how much. I don't know how much he makes. Yeah. From his, I mean, he has a huge following. Who knows? But but you know, it Whatever, was it was yeah. on a dime. It was on a fucking dime. And I pe- was. Yeah, that's it, true. And, and that's my whole thing. Like yeah. anyone, uh, listen. If you want to do a third party, build up a third party. Don't have them come in at the twelfth hour, right? And decide that they're going to run, you know, for third party as a protest vote. There is a way that we can get rid of our two party system, but it is through building up that yes. coalition over the four years mm-hmm. after an election. Well, and, and it, it yeah. doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, and it also it's about. I mean, I and I think that you know there are a lot of voters out there who don't understand this. And it was going back to engagement, engagement, engagement. The 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 elected officials are paid for by our tax dollars. They work for us. Mm-hmm. So many people just vote in the general election and they think they've done all they need to do. And it's like, well, it's kind of like going up to some stranger on the street and going, "Here's my address and here's my house keys." Hope you don't rob me because we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We have to stay on our elected officials. Some of them are fucking great. Other ones, not so great. You know, like there, there was this, um, back in 2013, I was going after anybody, any Democrat who was not signing on to, it was just a resolution. It wasn't even a vote, but it was just a thing to, uh, a resolution to remove the deadline from the Equal Rights Amendment, the expired deadline. And so there were certain okay. Democratic Congress people that were not doing it. And so I was, I had the ability, I had all these Facebook pages that I could post on, it was millions of people that I could reach. And so I would basically threaten them and say, you know, you're a Democrat, whether a male or female, but you're a Democrat. And uh, if you don't support the Equal Rights Amendment, you need to tell me why. And if you don't tell me why, I'm just going to assume that you're not really for women's rights and I'm going to write about it in a blog that's going to go out to millions of people. And so it worked a couple of times. I mean, I I got sometimes I never had to write the blog. I did write a blog about Mark Warner and he follows me on Twitter. And I think that's so funny because I don't know if he really realizes that I'm the one who um, embarrassed the shit out of him. And the (laughs) the blog went out. And I mean, I shamed the fuck out of him. And it took a couple hours. And then he's like, "Okay, okay, we'll sign it. So I was grateful that he did that. But there was a number of people who just said, yeah, I'll sign it. It took a little bit, a little bit of a threat, but it got, but then there's, I can't remember his name, Brad Schneider. That's his name. He was in Illinois and I did, I did the whole nine with him threatening him. I'm going to do this, but he didn't give a shit. He never fucking paid any attention. And 
so, you know, I mean, I wrote my blog posts and nothing happened. But sometime down the line, I found out from one of my ERA activist friends in Illinois that he wanted in to some kind of democratic fundraiser. And she had the key. And she's like, well, if you want to come in, you got to sign. So those are the kind of fucking people that need to be replaced. We need better Democrats. We don't need to replace them with Republicans, but we need to stay on. We need to be aware of them and get rid of those people because they're not doing the kind of job we need them to do. And I feel that way about any Democrat that says we need to meet in the middle with abortion. Yeah, there is no middle. We do not. No, there's no middle. Mm -mm. Women get to choose. That's it. There is no middle. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so it's like that, you know, those people on the left, which I feel like I'm on, I am very left, but I'm also, I understand how things work. And I understand that I'm not going to get my way on everything and that it's all about compromise and all that. So it's like, but the, the, the way that we do get our way is by fucking paying attention. You know, just when, when the ACA was at risk the last time or, you know, yeah, it was the last time, I guess it was in 2018. There were all these, you know, there were all these people who protested. I mean, people fucking in wheelchairs were being flown in. I think some celebrities were funding their airline tickets and they were, you know, they were going to the offices of of these representatives and it it did help. You know, I mean, it took it took the Republican took three. It was it three. I think it was Murkowski, Collins and uh, McCain. Um, But still, there was pressure there that was felt and it makes a difference. And if if. Every elected official felt that their constituents and the American voters were paying attention, they would just yeah. do a better job, you know? And so, I, you know, it's like you said, coming in at the fucking 11th hour and, and screaming and shouting and saying Democrats are worse than Republicans, that's not, that's not how you do it. And that's I why I feel you. like I, there's something a little bit more sinister going on. I think it's, I think, you know, it could be, under the umbrella of a pro because there was a guy named Christopher Boozy who was outing the person we're talking about and saying that um, he had once worked for the Democratic Party and earned money basically to, you know, tweet and get a message out because he has this huge following, which is fine. But, uh, you know, sure. there's a possibility that one of these progressive groups that approached him isn't really a progressive group at all and is funded right. by the GOP or Putin or whoever. So, and I um, think someone who is looking for Twitter fame mm-hmm. and thinks that Twitter followers equal relevance yes. would be blinded by a group that may not be legit exactly. coming to him and say, hey, we want you to be our mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. And so that could absolutely happen. Or but, her. Or, or her. her. I or mean, her. it could be a her. <laughs> because, because there are hers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, then, but then those people are so influential that they are able to get, you know, regular voters all upset and angry. And hey, there's a lot to be angry about. But let's be realistic and let's look at what we can actually achieve and recognize, you know, that these fucking purity tests are a waste of time. As much as yeah. I would love, as much as I would love to have, you know, purity when it comes to, again, education, to the climate, to women's issues, I would love it. But it's not going to happen the way I want it to. you exactly like you do in politics, run for fucking yes. office. <laughs> yeah. That's it. If you want a candidate that thinks exactly like you do, run, run for, for office because you're yeah. the only person in the world that thinks exactly <laughs> like you do. And that will pa- and that, that person's going to pass your purity test. Everyone yeah. else is going to fail on some level. Yeah, it's so true. 
Oh, uh, well, I'm going to, I think it's time to wrap this up, but I'm really glad that oh, I, I forgot I just... other people were listening. I, <laughs> I know. It's, I that's... feel like I'm just having a conversation with one of my besties. Oh, well, right. that's we're how doing I feel. a podcast. Who knew? <laughs> well, and it's been, it's been over an hour and I feel like I don't want to monopolize your time, but I, I literally, you're, you're now on my list as one of these people that I can just talk to endlessly. And um, yes. it was very fun. And I'm glad that you were on and I'm really, I'm, I, I hope that we can talk again later in the future. Um, but definitely. definitely it was a fun time. But uh, before you go, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Oh, well, if you're listening and you'd like to follow me on Twitter because you like what I'm saying, uh, you can follow me at DG Comedy. And also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, because maybe you don't like what I'm saying and you just want to look <laughs> at my face, you can follow me on Instagram Which at is DG very Comedy. Pretty, very um, I think this is Aaron on Wednesday. And so if I could, so tomorrow, Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live. Oh, cool. Um, with uh, some stand up for the first 15 minutes, but then I'm interviewing Mary Trump again. We're going to have oh, a one on one. That's so so awesome. if you're listening to this, go to Facebook tomorrow around 4 p.m. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to share it to my Facebook page, which is also DG Comedy because I'm trying to keep branding. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, but to share this and listen, and I hope to have a new fan and follower and, <laughs> and, and just remember to breathe and just for yeah. the love of God, please vote. Oh, yes, please, please. Well, it's been a blast talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. Kimberly, thank you, hon, and, and good luck with everything. Send my love to Bob, and let's just do this. Let's get this shit done, and hopefully we'll be able to celebrate after November something. Yes. Because who knows if it'll be the third one <laughs> we know. Exactly. All right. Well, you take care. Stay right. safe. Bye-bye. You too. <laughs> Bye. Yep. She's one of the other ones. I could just talk all day long to her. I'm just so – I love it when I find somebody – I mean, I had a feeling, and like I said when she first came on the show, I thought – there's there's always been an understanding in my own brain that she was going to be on the show. It's just a matter of whenever I, I it's hard to describe my selection process. But I did a show not too long ago just for patrons only, and I was talking about how some shows are better than others. Let's just say that. So, you know, and, and there's reasons why. And basically, usually when I listen to my gut, the shows are better. And there have been times where I have been approached by some publicists with somebody that I was just so, I was like, oh my God, it's so flattering that a publicist is even knows about my show and wants, you know, the, the guest wants to be on. And so I'd have, I'd have the guest on and, you know, maybe they're a, a decent person in it, but they're just not conversational, right? I, my show is conversational, very much a dialogue. Yes, we talk about the current events and all that stuff, but it's always really more about the personalities and the, I don't know, it's, to me, it's just a conversation. So she is coming back. <laughs> and then on Monday, Jody's going to be back, Jody Hamilton. Boy, she's another one I could just talk to endlessly. And then I have booked for the 28th. I think I said this when uh, Hank was on. But I've, I've booked Josh Fox. For those of you who are not aware of who he is, he did a movie, a documentary about fracking, which I saw and it was really good. I can't remember what it's called, but we're going to talk about that. But what I really want to talk to Josh about is, you know, he, he's a Bernie supporter, but he is fully on board with Biden. As many, you know, like everybody says the same thing. Biden wasn't my first choice, but <laughs> so I think, you know, Josh is in that group where Biden isn't his first choice, but he understands what 
we're dealing with right now and the and the dire the dire fucking consequences of another Trump win. So he gets it. Now I want to talk to him about how the Bernie people, which like I no longer self con- I, I no longer consider myself like a Bernie supporter, although I'm I'm grateful for the fact that he's encouraging everybody to jo- vote for Joe Biden, but some of those, and I think the majority of Bernie people are voting for Joe Biden. I think there's always going to be a fringe part of the left that horseshoes right up next to the conservatives that will never do it. They're not going to be reachable. So I don't give a shit and I don't necessarily want to talk about them. But I want to talk about with him how people like us, Josh and me, who feel that they're progressive people can get along in a party with members of the Lincoln project. I don't know where we're going to go. Like we're going to have to wait and see how these Lincoln project people behave during a Biden administration. I know I saw their interview on 60 minutes and it was kind of fascinating because I think it was Leslie Stahl. uh, I think it was Leslie Stahl. And she asked, about, she said something like, okay, well, you were ready to vote for Bernie Sanders. And Steve Schmidt, I think it was also Rick Wilson, they were like, well, look, you know, we totally disagree with pretty much everything Bernie stands for, but he respects the rule of law, he respects democracy, and he respects the Constitution. So that's what this is about for them. And I, and I am totally on board with that. Leslie also at Leslie Stahl also asked them about, okay, well, you're pretty much, you guys have a lot to do with the fact that Trump was elected just because of the shit that they were pushing and they owned it. And I'm really glad she said that. I was really glad that she brought that to their attention in such a, you know, in, in, on a national television show that's very well respected. I mean, I, you know, I always wanted to say that to them, not that I expected that they had never heard that before, but it was just something I wanted somebody with her stature to say. So she said it and they admitted that there was racism in the Republican Party that they didn't want to acknowledge or whatever it was. So now it's like in their face and they can see it and it's they're being held accountable for it. It'll be fascinating to see what happens to them. Because I think what would be optimal is I wouldn't mind if they stay in the party. If they're, if they're actually not Democrats, a lot of them are independents, but they are working to get a Democrat elected this time. And if there could be a coalition, you know, Bob always talks about this 60% coalition. If we could get this, then we're going to basically win elections for a long fucking time to come, Democrats. So, so if the Lincoln Project type people, you know, because it's not just the members of the Lincoln Project, but if those kind of people who recognize that it should be country over party. And let me just back up. It's not, we're not going to all of a sudden see Republicans become more centrist. I think they're going to become more extreme. And I think that's what would keep people like Steve Schmidt voting for Democrats, even if it's four or eight years from now or whatever it is. But I mean, so the idea is talking to Josh about how can we all coexist? How can we all go to our corner? So we've got the progressive side of the party. We've got the, you know, left of center that we've got the center. And I, you know, hopefully the Lincoln project people could become the center. Those would be the center Democrats. And then like the Warren Bernie would be more, you know, to the left what work are we going to do 
as progressives that can, what's the word that, you know, can mesh or, or, or blend favorably with what some of the moderates are doing in the party. I mean, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, you know, we keep saying that we're a big tent party and we are. And I think that there's places for all of us and there's work to be done from every, you know, from every side. But we have to blend. So anyway, that's my goal. <laughs> and don't forget tomorrow, Steph and I are going to do a patrons only show. And I think that's going to be it. So you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E at the last part of my name. And then you can find my books on Amazon. I've got uh, The Virgin Diaries, Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion, and American Woman, and then also Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak, which is just about how men deal with a broken heart. So anyway, I hope that you had fun listening to the show today. I'm looking forward to talking with Stephanie tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe and we'll see you tomorrow.